Well, never a dull moment in this sport, is there? What the hell just happened? What absolute chaos to end last night. A split draw leaves the light heavyweight title vacant. Ankh is pissed. Jan didn't know what was going on and probably shouldn't have been interviewed. Dana's done with all of it, and I haven't even mentioned the Patty decision that's got a bunch of people up in arms. It's absolute bedlam out there. Get your go bags ready. We're going to traverse the apocalyptic hellscape that is the discussion of UFC 282. Come with me if you want to live. I'm Tommy from MMA On Point, and I want to know what the fuck was that? But before we try to answer that question, let's run down the last UFC pay-per-view of the year. Jan Bohovic and Magomed Ankalaev fought to a controversial split decision, leaving the light heavyweight title vacant. Patty Pimblett earned a controversial UD win over Jared Gordon, and the rest were finishes. Santiago Ponzinibbio stopped Alex Morono halfway through the third. Dracus Duplessis face crank finished Darren Till even later. And Ilya Tuporia broke Bryce Mitchell's unbeaten streak with a second round arm triangle. The prelims were absolute bangers, as you can see, all finishes. Go watch them on ESPN Plus or whatever the hell service shows them where you live, you'll have a great time. Now that we're all on the same page about what it is that took place, let's run the numbers and see if they give us any insight. The UFC's 282nd numbered pay-per-view saw 12 fights, with 6 KOTKOs, 4 subs, and 2 controversial decisions, for a total cage time of 2 hours, 1 minute, 23 seconds. Only a single dog on the night prevailed. Chris Curtis, congratulations, dude. The main event going to a draw was plus 6,600. Those things are always worth a couple bucks, because you never know. These Joe's 10 finishes tied for the second all-time with a bunch of other events. We could have had the all-time record if the card batted 1,000. That was not the first draw in a vacant title fight. That would of course go to BJ Penn versus Kyle Uno at UFC 41, which left the lightweight championship uncontested for nearly four years. Jan did all that damage with just 25 leg kicks. That doesn't even put the bout in the top 10 at light heavyweight for a single bout. Ankalaev has yet to get a finish in any fight that he's had in Las Vegas, earning him our Sin City Curse plaque. Award sounds weird, so we'll go with plaque. Patty both landed and absorbed the most significant strikes of his UFC career, doling out 63 and taking 58. That was the latest finish in a three-round fight for Pons, dating all the way back to his pro debut in 2008. You may be surprised to know that that was Duplessis' 10th career submission, but the first outside of Africa. And Taporia has now been the first promotional loss for three of his five UFC opponents, earning him our Zero Thief Award. But the numbers are just that, numbers. Let's discuss what really happened. Talk about ending your year on a sour note, is there anything worse than when a main event goes wrong? How about the co-main event being controversial as well? As far as the headliner, I think fans would have been happier had the decision at least led to a winner and a loser, but to have a vacant title fight after the clusterfuck that was the entire situation that led to this main event, and with no new champion crowned, it's like opening a can of coke but there's actually just pickle juice inside. Rotten pickle juice, and it's warm. There were two decisions on this card. Just two! And yet somehow the judges managed to make this one of the most controversial nights of scoring in recent memory. It might be the worst ever, honestly, because it's the two big fights on the card, a much-anticipated co-main and the vacant championship headliner. We're used to wonky judging now and then, and maybe even a few times on a night, but when it's in back-to-back major bouts, it feels like the whole fucking system is collapsing. It really just shows how lucky we've been that this doesn't happen more often in this kind of sequence. And some of you may be fine with the calls, but that's really missing the point. People are confused. The consumer, they don't understand, they don't 
don't like it, and it's going to affect whether they want to watch or not. Why is one judge giving a fight to one guy, another to the other, and the third thinks it's a draw and their round-by-round -round logic isn't the same? Only a single round of Pimblet Gordon was agreed upon by all three judges. You can say fans don't understand the scoring, you can say that these aren't bad calls, that people are overreacting, that fights are just close, but that doesn't mean there isn't a problem, and that fans just need to be better educated on the outcomes. Sure, that would be nice, but that's not how you fix a problem of perception, hoping the audience just smartens up. Not to mention, that completely ignores that fighters themselves regularly dispute outcomes, and judges often have dissenting scores that are wildly different than their colleagues. So if everything with this system is just fine, then why do those things happen? Why don't experts agree, the ones that know better? Why are judges so often out of sync with their scores? Now look, I'm not gonna act like I have a solution here and we should do X, Y, and Z. I have no fucking idea what the fix is to this problem, but I do think that it's a problem and I don't just think that fans understanding things better is what needs to happen, especially not on a night like last night. That didn't feel like, well, people will never get it. It was confusing. And again, if a huge chunk of the audience doesn't get why a fight ended up how it did, that is a problem that needs to be addressed. Those fans are not going to want to watch fights again if all the major ones end up like they did last night. The system needs some type of revamp or reform, and maybe judges need to be more accountable for their scores. When you look at some of their track records, particularly their dissenting opinions on bouts, when it becomes a pattern, why shouldn't that be evaluated? There's no review, there's no oversight, nobody is told to take some time off or to explain their scores to some higher authority. Look at how impossible it is to get scores overturned. The current system, whether you believe it works well or not, is not big on accountability for its officials, and that's just a fact, and why would we not want accountability? If there were some way to somehow enhance the judging and or the scoring, why not? Why not try that? Why is that such a bad thing? If your UFC commentators are having to go to crash courses just to understand the judging, maybe we should change some stuff. But enough about all that, let's talk about the fights themselves and where we go from here. Ankh and Jan seem to have come to the conclusion with Joe Rogan post-fight that Magomed won and afterwards the Russian was very vocal about not leaving with the title. So naturally Glover Ankh next, right? Especially considering we've just seen Blahovich versus Teixeira and there's been no indication since then that Jan would perform any differently. But wait, there's a factor you've not considered and that is the fact that Dana White was thoroughly unimpressed with Magomed's performance. Given the clusterfuck that is the light heavyweight title picture, honestly since Jones vacated, I don't see Dana changing his mind here and giving Ankh another chance. It will be Teixeira versus Hill next, and what happens with everybody else, we'll just have to wait and see. What should be happening next for Patty the Batty is a little bit of image rehabilitation. He did not have a good week by any stretch of the imagination. That whole aerial thing went about as well as the series finale of Lost, and while fans were jacked to have Patty in the building last night, that was like residual excitement from the star he'd been fostering prior to 282. This week, the build sucked, largely overshadowed by his beef with Helwani. The fight was not the type of performance I'm sure he wanted, nor what was expected by fans, with the commentary team regularly pointing out his lack of defense as he took shot after shot, and then of course the fact that a lot of people don't think he won. So the interview afterwards fell incredibly flat as a result, with him denying the fight was even close. There's really no way to spin it, he lost some stock this week all around, and is going to need to rebuild just a bit. This wasn't a hype train derailed by any means, but some more viral doorbell dog shit videos will do him well, and of course a dominant performance in his next fight. Alright, now that we got a bigger picture of this whole thing, let's wrap up our autopsy of 282. While the big fights on the card left a lot to be desired, the rest of the show was fucking great. Badass prelims, a bunch of awesome finishes, Toporia probably had the best night of all, looking like Jason Voorhees at 145. I cannot wait to see this guy mix it up now with the rest of the top 10. He can beat you anywhere, and it's gonna be exciting to see how he fits into the picture at the top of a division full of
of strong talent. How about 18-year-old Raul Rosas Jr.? The kid looked like a million V-Bucks that he's going to spend on Fortnite skins after that win. I am a little worried that they might Sage North cut him, but I hope the UFC takes their time with this one and let the young prospect develop into a real star. Duplessis Till was insane and a lot of fun. Rough times for Darren. He's only had one win in the last four and a half years, but it was a gutsy performance and I don't think his last. Fans booing during the Pons fight, though. <laughs> sometimes I wish it all was at the apex still. Only sometimes. The fans do add a lot, but yeah, moments like that, I'd love to be apexing it up. Despite all those good things, though, it ended bad and that's all that really matters. A bummer finish to the pay-per-view year. Maybe the last fight night card will wash out that bad taste. But for the big fights, this year is over and let's hope nights like this are few and far between in 2023. How did you feel about 282, though? Are you as upset about the judging as we are? Can a card be good with a bad finish? I want all your takes. I love to read them. I always look at every comment. So if you're wondering if I saw what you said, I did. I absolutely did. At least for the first three or four days. Also, a massive thank you to Jedi Master Max Randall, who works his ass off to put these together so quickly after the show. Please give him some love. Liking and subscribing would be fantastic, too. I'll see you all in 2023 for the next of these autopsy videos. Enjoy the holidays, fight fans.